2: is WWTC Minneapolis-St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO Minneapolis, powered by Advantage Home Buyer.
0: With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. President Trump says he's very healthy and in great shape as he prepares to return to the campaign trail. Following his diagnosis of COVID-19, Mr. Trump will be to rally tomorrow in Florida. Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett will tell senators that courts should not try to make policy, leaving those decisions to the political branches of government. That's the word from a copy of her opening remarks. The Senate Judiciary Committee hearings slated to begin this week. Private security guard working for a TV station now in custody after a person died from a shooting taking place during dueling protest in downtown Denver over the weekend officials say that incident occurred after a man participating in what was billed a patriot rally sprayed a man with mace the man then shot that individual this is SRN news
1: This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with the statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard.
2: Are you or a loved one a veteran? Well, if so, then we'd like to honor you and our country by inviting you on air to recite the Pledge of Allegiance here on the Patriot. You can call 651-289-4418 to volunteer, and the daily pledge is made possible thanks to support from White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC. Just past 2 o'clock on this Sunday here in the Twin Cities, forecast for today, partly sunny and breezy, high of 70, and we got our two Brad Carlson Northern Alliance Radio Network starting right now here on the Patriot. Here is The Closer,
3: Brad Carlson. Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast, we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NARNshow, that's hashtag NARNshow, for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and give us a follow or like if you haven't done so already. And again, thanks as always for tuning in. Vikings aren't playing right now, aren't playing until this evening, so we are hopeful that we have a lot more live listeners, that's for sure. And uh, continuing to, uh, we're going to take a shift now this hour from national politics to local, specifically state House races. And if you've been listening for the last month, month and a half, you notice that we've been featuring a lot of legislative candidates, specifically ones who are running in DFL districts, uh, Republicans running in DFL districts, that is. And uh, first out of the shoot today is Megan Olson. She is a Republican candidate in De- uh, Minnesota House District 57A, which cover- covers a vast majority of uh, apple valley as well as a little part of lakeville uh, megan's coming on to uh, talk about her candidacy her motivations for running and uh, will will she be one of the nine seats that we need to uh, flip the house back to republican control uh, Megan Olson. First and foremost, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
4: Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here.
3: So now uh, we talk a little bit about the uh, district dynamics. It's uh, it's not all of Apple Valley, but most of it, right? Uh, most part of Apple Valley, and and, it, and I've had a few guests on. It seems like Lakeville covers so many house districts. I mean, how big is Lakeville? Got now? you kind of I from think that four district. Four
4: or five, I want to say, and I'm just a small chunk over by like the Hy-Vee, like the northeast corner. Gotcha. But I think it's four, four or five.
3: Okay, <laughs> definitely an interesting dynamic and a lot of. Uh, uh, Lot of doors to get to. Uh, I guess uh, you know we'll talk a little bit about the campaign strategy, uh, some of the issues that you're hearing from constituents. Uh, to be sure, and obviously, uh, people know what's at stake this up upcoming election. So we'll promote all of your uh, websites, social media sites when we get the opportunity. But I guess first and foremost, uh, your motivation for running, Megan Olson.
4: Yeah, for sure. So I graduated high school in 2017. Went to the University of Minnesota really kind of honed in on my political career there, which I wasn't even sure I wanted to go into politics. So kind of a lot of avenues were opened up for me, and I realized it was kind of where my heart was. It was where God was kind of pushing me and decided to pursue it. Um, So throughout my time at the University of Minnesota, I realized that a lot of students were silenced on campus. Um, A lot of my peers were afraid to express their political viewpoints, and I didn't like that. And Mm -hmm. so I started reflecting about my time back home, Uh, My time at Eastview High School and having teachers that supported me and being able to amass a bunch of credits and graduate college a year early and just feeling really grateful for that community that I had and decided that I wanted to uh, serve it in the best way I know how. And with politics and all that, the intersection perfectly lined up for me to run for for house. And so I announced my campaign on Fox News back in December. I remember this incredible. It was a great experience and it definitely gave me the the boost I needed to get that name recognition and, and get out there.
3: So did you uh, kind of receive a lot of messages from all over the country once you uh, made that appearance? Because I know national TV appearances tend to obviously bring a lot of attention, Megan.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of encouragement came from a lot of different people, a lot of hate too, but the encouragement definitely outweighed the hate and it was something I knew that I was going to have to get thick skin for. You know, now we're here in, in October, right before the election and so much has happened, but that boost and that initial kind of confidence boost back then was has really been sustaining me until now.
3: So how did this uh, particular uh, opportunity Come about? Were you, were you recruited? Be, did people approach you or were you more proactive and say, hey, this is something that I've been engaged in since I was high school? I'd like to go forward. I mean, how did it ultimately come about?
4: Yeah, so I started getting involved in media um, my freshman or sophomore year of college, writing for a paper called Campus Reform, which is a, a national yeah. paper that talks about liberal bias um, in our education system, specifically higher education. Um, And so that's where the opportunity arose from. But during my time in college, I explored media a lot more and I worked for Alpha News here in Minnesota as well. And just realizing that there's not a lot of conservative news outlets. And so honed in on my conservative beliefs and started doing some activism through campus reform and the opportunity arose with them and they were They were incredible. They just literally placed the opportunity before me, and it it was. I'm really grateful for that experience and for everything I learned through that organization as well.
3: Now, obviously, it's a a little bit different world when you announced your candidacy in December as compared to now because, of course, once you get in, say, can't wait to get out there, knock on all these doors, have these huge rallies, meet with all these sort of people. In the year of the COVID pandemic, obviously, a lot (laughs) of that stuff – A little bit limited. Obviously, you're still able to knock doors, provided you take several steps back when you knock on the door and all that. Absolutely. How has that dynamic changed, and how have you adjusted to that?
4: Yeah, so it's been really interesting. I, I, before the pandemic, ordered a bunch of T-shirts thinking, we're going to have parades. I'm going to be going to all these events, like 4th of July. This is going to be great. And then that hit, and I was like, okay pivot. Yeah. And being as young as I am, social media and technology really is super easy for me. I'm a quick learner and I've I've done Facebook ads for organizations. I've managed social media for a number of nonprofits and a number of groups, not only in the Twin Cities up in Minneapolis, but Back in my hometown in Apple Valley. And so I knew we, the right combination of getting out in people's faces in front of the doors and doing phone calling, but then also having the right social media strategy. We are going to need a, the, the perfect combination of the two of those in order to get in front of people and actually be able to have a successful campaign. So we, we switched to a little bit more of a digital strategy, but we're still going door to door. We're still doing phone calls, all those traditional methods as well.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's still ample opportunity to you know get to, to talk to folks. I know that every legislator I've had here is all set hey look we can still do door knocking you know it's just obviously a little bit different dynamic you have to keep the proper physical distancing mm-hmm. and whatever else so uh, along those lines as you're going out getting to talk to people whether it's you know at the doors you know social media there's a lot of opportunity to reach out to you. I know you've done some videos in the past where you maybe take on constituents concerns particularly in your district what are some of the uh, i guess biggest concerns that the voters have on their minds going into this uh, election cycle, because let's face it, whether it's uh, the United States as a whole or just within the state of Minnesota, there's uh, there's a lot that people have to chew on. So what specifically, uh, is there any prevailing issue that you're hearing from Megan Olson? Yeah,
4: for sure. It's um, before COVID and kind of before everything happened with the rioting and the looting, it was healthcare and taxes. And so we saw a really, really big switch after that in, in polling and looking at what issues people care about. And actually when I'm hearing at the door's aligns with that as well, is it's now switched to public safety, Mm, law and order, and then also the economy and just getting the economy back on track. So those are the two biggest things. And I would say a close third is opening back up schools. There's a lot of young families in Apple Valley that are telling me they're going crazy. Their kids are going crazy. The teachers are going (laughs) crazy. They're just ready to have their kids back in a normal learning environment because they're seeing the effects of um, completely doing online learning. They're seeing the effects of that in their children already.
3: Yeah, that that's definitely a, has been a big concern from from day one. Obviously, you, when there's a, a pandemic first, I figure, okay, just got to get through these few months and we'll be in good shape. Well, now the school year started, mm-hmm. and you still—I mean, I, I get some kids are back in. Personally, what about what about your school district? Are they just do? I know it was the governor. He said he left it up locally for the districts to decide, but there's some pretty high thresholds that have to be met. So. Uh, What what's the dynamic in your particular district? Are there any kids back in school uh, in
5: person? Yeah.
4: So the recommendation from the governor for Dakota County and our school district down there um, was to do hybrid learning for students who I think sixth grade on up. And so the elementary students could still be in person, but all of them are doing hybrid Um, except for high schoolers. Most of those are completely online. And I have a couple of coworkers, a couple of people that I work with that are doing online school and their schedule is like a college student schedule. You know, they just have their classes certain times of days and it's not a a full school day anymore. But um, a couple of the private schools, um, charter schools are in person in my district as well. So we we got a nice little blend, but mostly hybrid and online for that sixth grade plus age group.
3: Okay. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, I I think Kids from a uh, you know from a social interaction standpoint definitely uh, a lot better for their for their mental health. Obviously, mental health concerns very pervasive, particularly in today's society. And mm-hmm. the opportunity to be in person, I think, certainly more desirous. That doesn't surprise me in the least. Um, what about all of the decisions that are being made? You know, at the state capitol, as we know, the governor's called another special session, going to take place, I believe, tomorrow. Once again, he'll extend his uh, peacetime emergency powers another thirty days. Uh, the legislature you know because it's a DFL house and a Republican Senate the DFL house has chosen to allow him to continue that uh obviously from your standpoint just being a candidate but certainly you have to envision some of the things you'd bring to the table if indeed you are elected this November and then uh, show up for your first session in January uh what are some of the things that you would i guess uh, bounce off that bring to the table if indeed uh, you you are in the Minnesota House because you know again this is just my opinion yours may differ It just seems like the legislature is completely abdicating the responsibility of the governor. And that's not how uh, co-equal branches are supposed to work, Megan Olson.
4: Absolutely. So I think first and foremost, we have to strip the governor of those emergency powers. Uh, We have three branches of government for a reason, for checks and balance purposes. Um, That's not what's happening. And there's a lot of input from constituents. And I would say the majority of constituents, the majority of Minnesotans are ready for things to be in the next phase and for things to open back up. Um, But specifically, I think the budget deficit proves that we need new voices. We need a fresh perspective coming to the table, we need to be creative with financing. Um, and so that's definitely something that I would step up and do. I know there's a bunch of other younger candidates with fresh perspectives, like outsiders, if you will, with fresh perspectives that really want to be creative and they want to come up with uh, different solutions. We have tactics we've used for years and years, and they don't work. And I've heard that at the doors. People are saying, oh, I'm going to vote for you because your opponent has used tactics that have been used for years to you know, increase funding to the government, whatever, and it's just not working. It's not wanted. Um, so so we need new voices. Absolutely.
3: Well, this particular, now this district in particular, 57A, again, covers most of Apple Valley, mm-hmm. a small sliver of Lakeville, has, as long as I can remember anyways, in its you know current form, because obviously uh, it was redistricted to its current form back in 2012. And oh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> but uh, it's been reliably Republican until the last couple of election cycles, 2016 in uh, 2018, DFL there's been DFL representation. Uh, have you been able to put your finger on the on the pulse as to why it's evolved like that? Is it just uh, anti-Trump sentiment? Has the demographics changed? I mean, to to your best uh, insight, uh, why has that district changed so dramatically in just a couple of cycles, Megan Olson? Yeah,
4: I think our specifically our average age of our district is 37, and that's definitely a decrease from what it used to be. And so we're seeing a lot more millennials moving to Apple Valley. We're seeing a lot more apartments pop up and a lot newer developments that are younger families who happen to be millennials. And then we're seeing people move out of the Twin Cities, uh, move into Apple Valley, and typically those people are Democrats. So we're kind of seeing that movement. We also have a very democratic mayor um oh, she's yes, been there for yes. a very long time you're she's, talking apple valley's mayor yeah. okay, mayor yeah. mary she read books to me when i was in <laughs> elementary school that's how long she's been there um and so i think that has played into it too she's developed a lot of relationships and i think she's a great woman but i just don't agree with her policies and so i think her relationships with people have been exploited a little bit and and kind of moving people into the, the left direction instead of the right
3: <laughs> Once again, we are joined by Megan Olson. She, uh, the Republican candidate in Minnesota House District 57A, again, covers the vast majority of uh, Apple Valley as well as a small portion of Lakeville. Megan, we need to take a quick break. Are you able to hold for just one more segment with us? Absolutely. All right, we'll be back with Megan Olson. And if you'd like to weigh in, uh, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at uh, hashtag NARNshow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
2: over zany sound effect uh we were gonna write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com but considering how easy it is to do we'll keep it simple too listen to the patriot on the free radio.com app
6: with united healthcare medicare advantage plans there's so much to take advantage of like zero dollar co-pays on preventive dental care wow uh-huh. plus the nation's largest medicare dental network wow It's time to take advantage. To learn more, visit AdvantageWow.com. That's AdvantageWow.com. $0 cost share for in-network preventive dental
7: care. Specified services only. Benefits vary by plan and area. Limitations and exclusions apply. Network size varies by market. Wow.
5: Whether you love it or you hate it, winter is upon us. Start preparing before it's too late. Bundle up and save some cash. This fall is the perfect time for Standard Heating and Air Conditioning's Bundle Up for Saving Sale, where you can save at least $1,000 on a new high-efficiency furnace, giving you and your family toasty comfort all season long. In addition to saving $1,000 or more on your new high-efficiency furnace, they are offering payment options or 0% financing. You can take comfort in knowing that Standard Heating has been serving Twin Cities homeowners since 1930 and that their nate certified technicians will get the job done right and right away. So don't wait for winter. Start bundling up and take advantage of this sale. This offer ends October 31st. Learn how you can save $1,000 or more on your new furnace at standardheating.com patriot. That's standardheating.com patriot. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve since 1930.
2: Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join. So visit am1280thepatriot.com today. You know, I get it.
3: We're up. We are up, okay. Saw the light flash on, the light flash off, so I... Well, you guys were talking a little bit, so I turned it off. And I didn't know how long this song was going to take to kick in. So. Oh, okay. Sorry. All good, all good, <laughs> yeah. I'm a trained radio professional, Gane okay, Hill. So. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. With me, Brad Carlson. Been kind of texting back and forth with uh, Senator Osmeck. He was asking me if, uh, you know, I preferred, uh, prefer Roth or Hagar. I like the, I like the era of Roth better because I think those songs are better. But then I agree with uh, Senator Osmek uh, that uh, musically, Hagar was uh, was far superior. I I like Hagar's singing voice better, but for some reason, the actual songs during the Roth era, uh, I, I much prefer. Again, just don't bring it up to Mitch. No, no. Don't bring it up to Mitch. Well, Mitch is—, is Mitch is, can't is, handle that kind of no, conversation. No, he's, he's easily a Roth guy. And this is, and this is how diverse uh, Senator Osmeck is in the in the midst of the text about Van Halen. He he throws in there, yeah, we must return to co-equal branches of government. Okay, musically, Hagar was far superior. So, <laughs> Nice pivot there, Senator Osmeck. We appreciate you uh, tuning in. Hey, speaking of the Minnesota legislature, we do have a uh, valued candidate in studio right now, Megan Olson. She, the Republican candidate— in Minnesota House District, 57A, again, covers most of Apple Valley as well as a uh, portion of Lakeville. Obviously, uh, Megan, we realize that in this uh, election cycle and crunch time, little more than three weeks until Election Day, uh, that uh, money isn't everything, but it is important. So if uh, people want to uh, donate some financial resources to help out the campaign, because they realize what's at stake for this uh, particular election uh, where can people find the website?
4: Yeah, votemeganolson.com is my website. If you go to com slash contribute, that's my contribution page. But going to my website, you'll see a big old yellow button in the corner, and that'll be where you can donate.
3: Okay. And there's, there's several variations of the spelling of Megan. I got it right. So I posted it at my uh, website. I clicked on the link, and it came up. So, yes, I spelled Megan correctly.
4: And Olson, yes. O-N, not E-N.
3: Correct, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Carlson. It's an, also an O-N. Uh, apparently, there's some E-Ns, too, yeah. which I'm not as familiar with, but whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, votemeganolson.com is a website. Again, I've also posted to it, or I've linked to it, I should say, at uh, bradcarlson.org. And definitely check that out. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, I love parade season, and Unfortunately, there isn't any of that going on. But if there's any uh, other kind of resources, uh, um, opportunities to get involved, you can also uh, find that at the website, too. And I imagine uh, people can find you all over uh, social media as well, whether it be uh, uh, Megan Olson for State House is the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, Twitter and Instagram, all that sort of fun stuff. Um, well, you know, Instagram, I think we were talking a little <laughs> yeah. off. There's a little more for fluff, but it's fun. It's see still what there. You're out, see what you're out <laughs> there doing. So. Yep. So now uh, you alluded to uh, uh, earlier, Megan. You're young, a little bit young. Uh, when you're going to the door it's telling people that uh, you're actually running, do they mistakenly think, well, oh, you got to be a campaign volunteer, yeah, right? No, like, oh, no, I'm oh, running. Oh, yeah.
4: you? You're running? And I'm like, yeah. So, <laughs> Someone I mean, told me I look like I'm 12. So it's okay. Right? Oh, oh yeah. God. I'm like, reverse the numbers. Then you got it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. You
3: know, yeah. It's, uh, the minimum age is 2021. 20, is that yep. correct? Okay. And um, I think. I think Drew Christensen was 21 when mm-hmm. he first ran, he right?
4: Beat, if I win, he still beat me with the with the youngest state legislator. Okay, okay. Ranking, I was whatever. I was, wondering, a months.
3: I was wondering how that went. So okay. <laughs> well, now how do you handle that? I mean, people come to the door, and you know there there are ageists out there, people who may not take you as seriously mm-hmm. because of because of your youth. Uh, how do you handle that?
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, like I said earlier, my district is young. The average age is 37, so I'm actually closer to the average age of my district than my opponent. Um, who's on the other end of that. Gotcha. Okay. So it's it's really fascinating. Actually, there's a lot of young families and stuff. Um, I get that. I have a sister with a young family. And also I think right now what we need in, in government is diversity of experience. Um, sure. We have a lot of people who are career politicians or have done one thing for their whole life. And, and that's great and awesome. But I think- We do need new, fresh perspectives, and we need people who've dabbled in a lot of different fields to understand what's going on in those fields and how they can help those fields. And I made it a point um, in college to get involved in a lot of different things. You know, I worked in nonprofits. I worked in government, public affairs, media. I tried to do a bunch of different things to really just expand my knowledge. Um, And so I think we just need diversity of experience and voices. And so we don't have a lot of young voices at the Capitol either so we need to prioritize that.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, no question about it. I mean, and this is something that you've been hearing a lot at, you know, at the at the national level too. I mean, you've got your whether it's your two presidential candidates, your you know, your House speaker, your your Senate majority leader all in their late 70s, you know, Speaker Pelosi 80 again. Mm-hmm. Not nothing not being ageist here, but let's face it, more and more young people are getting involved in the process and you certainly want voices that uh that that can certainly convey those issues to them. So Uh, Talk a little bit about, I guess, about the the campaign, particularly the campaign grind. I mean, I know you probably get shied a lot. Ah, you're young, you can handle it. But it's still a lot of work. You still can get worn out pretty easily. So how do you try to strike that balance, find that balance? Because I'm sure the temptation is there. Look, we're so close to election day, I can't stop now. But you know, you still have to kind of do a little bit of that self-care, take some time to rest mm-hmm. a little bit. So how do you find that balance, Megan?
4: Yeah, it's funny because I'm actually an introvert, which most people don't believe. And so it's really taxing being with people all the yeah. time. But <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, the more doors I knock, I could knock on one door and I just hear one story. Or they tell me one thing, you know, like keep keep grinding, you know, like the quitters, winners don't quit, some quote that makes me feel great. And it just lifts me up. And then having that conversation just gives me a surge of energy. So it's really just one of those things where I gotta just put my emotions aside sometimes and just remember it's not about me. It's about the people of Apple Valley and Lakeville. And and they're the ones who keep me going, having those inspirational stories or or hearing about maybe they're struggling with a disabled child. I met a couple um, who's struggling right now with that and just hearing those mm. stories and reminding, why, reminding myself why I'm doing what I'm doing sure. and that I just need to keep pushing on because it's not about me.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously there's a a lot of people that you're you're reaching out to and come in contact with, certainly diversity of backgrounds, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of people going from, you know, the urban areas to the suburban areas. And uh, along those particular lines, um, we saw a little bit about, you know, we talked to uh, someone, I guess, about, you know, the riots and the looting that took place in Minneapolis. Well, um, some of those got, you know, into the the suburbs. Mm -hmm. I know there was some big protests in, in Plymouth. Right here in Egan, there was a statue oh, of Analyze. Yeah. We've talked about that about candidates as well. So, uh, are you hearing any of that at all from people you talk to? Where they are, are they expressing concern that it may get down there or not so much? I mean, uh, what about that aspect of
4: it? Yeah, when I ask people if they're voting, they'll say yes, typically, especially in this election year. And then I'll ask them, you know, why are you voting? What's your top issue? And they always say, most of the time, that they just want their city to be safe. They want their city to be protected. Mm -hmm. Um, And so knowing that that's the number one issue, I've chatted with our police chief a little bit about um, our community and community policing. And our police do an incredible job of, of emulating the community policing that we've been talking about lately, especially in the aftermath of George Floyd and everything. Sure. Um, They do a great job of that. Our community is really tied to the police. There's a lot of thank you to our public safety lawn signs that are all over, and I know that when I go up to those doors, those are going to be really friendly doors, and those are going to be people I'm going to have really good conversations with because they understand the importance of law and order in this day and age, um, given everything that's happened in Minneapolis and across the country over the last few months.
3: And of course, there's a a fair enough of commerce, uh, small businesses, what have Mm -hmm. you. Obviously, they have to have deep concerns regarding a lot of the government uh the governor's um a peacetime emergency powers, restaurants operating at limited capacity, some even having to shut down. I mean, uh, have you been able to to, to speak to anybody in, the, in those particular areas, specifically business owners? And obviously they have to have some grave concerns.
4: Yeah, my dad is actually a small business owner, and thankfully okay. his is not the type of business where he has patrons and he's an appraiser. Oh, um, sure. So his business has not been severely affected by COVID, but he's still, or I should say, affected by the peacetime emergency of powers. Because <laughs> um, it's yeah. more of the response than it is the pandemic. Um, and so I, all those conversations have really just shown me we're completely ignoring the beauty of the free market. We're ignoring the fact that. We as people can make a decision not to go to a certain restaurant. We can go to another one if we fear that maybe they're not following the right guidelines. I think the capacity restrictions are, are really difficult and we should allow businesses to make that decision for themselves. Um, if they choose to follow those health guidelines, they should. And if they don't, then they should. It's it's up to us as consumers. We have the power. We have the money to be able to bring our business there or, or bring it elsewhere. So...
3: Final couple of minutes here with uh, Megan Olson. She running in Minnesota House District 57A. Again, check out her website, com. Again, Megan, we only have a couple of minutes. Uh, obviously, this is uncharted territory to you, having never run for office before. <laughs> certainly a, a, a new dynamic. Is there any you know, current or maybe former legislators, someone who's been in this before, who you kind of lean on for guidance and advice to... Help you through this process?
4: Yeah, Ross Peterson is my number one mentor. I worked with her really closely in twenty eighteen. She um, was just on last week. I love her. Yeah. She is Roz amazing. Is yeah. People mistake me for her daughter, so I think it's we're <laughs> really just meant to be a duo. Yeah. But she she really is incredible. I talked to her about running before I even decided to run, and I'm that was it. before she decided to run too. And having her. She threw her hat in the race now again, and I'm I'm really happy because she's totally going to win that seat. She's incredible. So she's been my lifeline through all of this. I learned everything I know from her, and I really gained my passion for local politics from her as well. So she's great. If you live in Burnsville, Lakeville area, vote for Roz.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Had Roz in the broadcast last week, and uh, I know she was, uh, you know, all, uh, timing and everything just worked out for her to get back in this. And, yeah, these are uh, two suburban areas that we unfortunately lost in uh, 2018, and uh, definitely ripe for pickup. And as you know, folks that I've been talking about, early 2022—that's when we're going to be redrawing their uh, legislative lines, congressional districts. And if there isn't at least a split legislature, say if the DFL has complete control, it's a, it's going to be under the purview of the DFL legislature and the governor to draw the redistricting lines and make it pretty tough for Republicans mm-hmm. to hold any kind of majority in any chamber from here forward. So a lot at stake. And one of the individuals that's going to help uh, try to flip the House back to Republican control is our guest, Megan Olson. Again, House District 57A. Check out our website, votemeganolson.com. I've also linked to it at my blog, bradcarlson.org. Megan, best of luck to you going forward these last uh, three weeks of this uh, of this grind, and uh, hope to see you again on the trail.
4: Yeah, thank you so much. AM
3: 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with another segment on the broadcast.
1: Go nowhere. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or SalemCareerHub.com.
8: I should have done it sooner. That's a comment heard often from satisfied patients at... I need more com. Dennis Prager here. If you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss, go to I need more and see what they're doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. You'll be under the care of some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in the country. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including notable Hollywood personalities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing and their prices are the best in the business. If you have hair loss, don't put this off another day. Contact ineedmorehair.com at their office in Egan for your free consultation. Experience you can trust prices you can afford. Today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at ineedmorehair.com. <laughs>
3: Welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488
7: well,
3: kind of is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag NARN show for any comments or questions. As I am once again closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network Programming. You can hear my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It is the King Banyan Show, that's Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot, Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Together we are the Northern Alliance Radio Network, often imitated, never duplicated, as we are the first all grassroots political talk show, dominating conservative talk on the weekends for 16 and a half years. I've just been along for the ride for nine and a half, but always good to be with you folks. Yeah, the uh, candidate palooza, I guess you could say, rolls on as we are honored to be joined in studio by Bill Marish. He running for Minnesota House, specifically House District 36A, which covers the city of Champlin, as well as a sliver of Coon Rapids, more like a northwestern uh, Coon Rapids. Uh, Bill uh, ran in 2018, lost a close election to current DFL Uh, representative Zach Stevenson. So the rematch will take place in a little more than three weeks away. Bill Marish, first of all, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network, sir. Thanks for coming.
9: Oh, thank you, Brad. It's good to be here.
3: And uh, Bill is all ready for the Vikings game tonight. And uh, I know we we have some more live listeners, I would assume, because normally we broadcast during noon Vikings games and people listen on the podcast. But more live listeners hopefully today uh, tuning in. I guess, uh, Bill Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, your race, uh, your motivation for getting in. Obviously you ran in 2018, so you're no stranger to the campaign grind and everything that entails. Uh, I guess what made you decide to run initially when you did and uh, why now the rematch Bill Marish?
9: Well, initially I chose to run because I was asked to Like, you know, Mark Uglum was, uh, was in the seat and um, it ended up being opened. He contacted me along with some other people in St. Paul and, That was the initial, you know, where I was like, "Mm." and then of course you have to think about, you know, should I do this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've always had an interest, you know, in trying to keep myself educated politically, you know, mom bringing me to caucuses, you know, as soon as I was 18 years old and (laughs) I love it, you know, watching and listening and learning. Um, Yeah. And so uh, from there, I just talked to my family. Uh, I thought about where I am with my age and what I'm doing I'm a school teacher and a wrestling coach and football coach and not, and you know for 16 years at Champlain Park High School and wrestling coach there still today still the head wrestling coach and I thought okay can I do it so I contacted Bob Detmer who is uh you know Bob yeah he's a wrestling coach yeah and a representative and I asked how he did it how he started if it's possible how it works and learned a little bit then read a little bit about it and and then what really kind of turned it to, for me to um, go, yes, I'm going to do this, was the, that very week that this was all happening, I was listening to some some, uh, some church leaders, and they said, you know, if you have the time, if you can get involved, you should. Mm, okay. And I, I thought, is that inspiration, is that, are they talking to me? And that's kind of what did it, you know, because my family supported it. And then when that final kind of word came from a
3: someone that I respected in the in the church, I thought, you know what, I got to try. Fantastic! So you talk about uh, coaching football, Champlin Park. You know, I was I was coach at Champlin Park <laughs> once myself, Jack. Yeah, you weren't were there when Jesse Ventura was. Oh, right? sure, I was.
9: We really a, okay. Oh, it was fun. You know, I I always you know I was always with the freshman group. Okay, which is really exciting, young group. You know, energetic, learning, really learning football instead of just house league. Sometimes just mom, you know, dads, moms involved, uh, different people coaching. Now you're learning techniques, you know, you're, you know, what is the three technique? What is, you know, a gap, B gap. And they don't know that they just yeah. fly around because they're great athletes and they, and the, you know, they make tackles and make blocks and run hard. And now they're learning to play team football, but yeah, Jess was there and uh, we had some great discussions. I didn't agree with them a, a lot of the times there were times I did, Yeah. but, uh, it was
3: fun. So he, went, so he was. So was he at all political motivation for you, Bill? I mean, saying you know if that guy can uh, win governor, heck, I can win a house <laughs> stay, house seat for crying out loud,
9: right? You know, I did, didn't enter my mind, but you know, you think about it. You know, that's that's kind of <laughs> the, one of the reasons I decided to run was I thought, well, what does qualify you? Yeah, right. I mean, right. And I, I to me, when I look at the forefathers, I think. I don't think they liked career politicians. I don't think they no. ever had in mind that. No. I, I, I get that the voter can fire us anytime. Mm-hmm. So there really shouldn't be a need for any term limit type things because if you don't like them, get rid of them. Sure. But I think that there's, there should be a term limit. I don't know where they should be set, but I would do this a handful of times and be done because I think the longer you're in it, I think we see that especially, I'm not in D.C., but when I look at that direction, it seems like. The longer they're in, it seems like corruption starts to happen. Oh, no question. And I don't get how someone can go there and end up all of a sudden, you know, lots of years they've been there and they're worth $5.2 million. I'm like, what? That doesn't match their pay salary. What's happening? And right. so I, I'm kind of a a term limit. I'd have to discuss and decide how long they'd be. But, I, you know, I would do this. I don't. I have a career. If I lose, I'm a teacher. I sure. love teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to. It's not a stepping stone to go anywhere. I'd like to be a representative of my area. I hate to be called a politician, but we are. But I would like to be a public servant that represents my area. And um, this is what I want to do for you know a handful of times, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd be done. Hopefully look for a, a Megan to take over,
3: a nice young person to take it, over. Absolutely. You know? Oh, yeah, they're out there, and that's <laughs> yeah. great. I, I love it. So, you know, you you kind of gave us kind of the uh, overview of what was your motivation, you know, uh, to run in 2018. And as we alluded to, close race, uh, unfortunately, you fell just short. So how long did you take before you decided that you wanted to jump back in for 2020? Because losing a close race like that, it's easy to, you know, be deflated or be the opposite and say, boy, I need to get back in there again and fight. so. Where were you at just after that race? Because obviously you ultimately decided to run again, Bill Marish. So yes, and how did that calculus come about?
9: And I, I listened to your last segment here and, and how hard a work it is.
3: And it's so different
9: this cycle than it was last cycle because of the pandemic situation. Sure. But when I lost, of course, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. And my experience knocking on the doors and getting out there, I felt pretty confident. Okay. You know, I thought, I'm going to win. Yeah. I know I mean I really felt that way and then I lost a close one and you know usually after a presidential election the party of the president gets beat up pretty bad well that absolutely was, that yep. was me yeah um, and I was part of that um i I thought what happened so I started looking at numbers which I'd never done before uh you know I'd never really looked at races and what happened at you know midterms and generals and I looked back and I and the only reason I was looking back is to answer your question straight is I hate to lose. <laughs> or just, you know, that's it, okay. You know, okay, yeah. and so I, I just thought, what? what? So I want to know what I did wrong. Just like it with my wrestlers, let's look at tape. Let's reflect. What happened? Could we have done it? Maybe they maybe they're just better than you, mm-hmm. and you know, you did the best you can, and you lose. I looked at it, and I think both candidates, uh, my opponent and myself, ran good races. Um, I looked at the numbers, and the difference was they got the vote out. Mm. They were excited to beat the the Republicans at the time. Of course, yeah. And our Republicans were, you know, that midterm kind of, huh, you know, ho-hum. Oh, yeah. And I looked at that and went, if I do this again and I can get that vote out, I think Champlain, Northwest Coon Rapids, again, we'll find out, I think we're still more red than we are blue. Mm-hmm. It's a purple area, but I think that m- more people in the area are conservatives. And I thought, I can, I'm going to do this again to <laughs> – I hope I don't lose again, but you know it's up to the voters. Yeah, right. But that's I, you know, I, I hate losing. Is the short
3: answer. And so I looked at it and thought, <laughs> love it. I can do this. Yeah. Uh, so along those lines, obviously you're getting out to the extent you know, as we alluded to uh, with our uh, guest earlier. You know, it's a different dynamic. There aren't the parades. There aren't as many opportunities to have the voter contact in big crowds. Certainly, g- given the COVID pandemic. But you know, as you mentioned, you still are out knocking doors. At least talking to people from that standpoint. So. With that in mind, what are you hearing from your constituents as far as the biggest concerns on their minds uh, this election cycle, Bill Marish? The the number one
9: is um, is the defunding of police. Really? They hear that and they don't get it. Okay. It, it doesn't matter a D or an R. They don't understand. They recognize it. You know, I, I'm honored to be endorsed by the Minnesota Police and Peace Officer Association, the only one in my race. My opponent lost his endorsement because of things he did and didn't do. and Sure. And, um, and I have that. I think that. And it really was a popular thing for a little while, social media, Star Tribune, town halls. And so that helped me in my race. But when, even before that, when we knocked on doors, they didn't understand how you could have less or no police or change it. Right. They Listen, we're close enough to see the smoke. Mm-hmm. In Minneapolis, we oh, can yeah. see it and it scared people when things were, when we got warnings in our area, they're moving to the North, they're coming to Brooklyn center, they're coming to Brooklyn park They're you know, and it's, it frightened people, you know, uh, we had a three blocks away from my place. We had a window busted in one night, mm. you know, and you're just, you know, so they're worried about why would you not want law and order? You know, you, you have to have that. So, um that's what I hear the most. You still hear insurance, you know, insurance. Sure. Um, But the other one is of course um, health insurance, but the other one is um, the, uh, the recovery, how we're going to recover from the deficit. They get that the, that this pandemic has, it's, it's hurt us combined with the, the, the riots and it's, I am like them. I'm not, I'm a school teacher, and my wife was a stay-at-home man. We we pinched pennies. We knew what a budget was. Oh, yeah. And I I think the people that I contact, and I think it's still the majority, that's why I think I'll win, is we have to learn to do without. Just like when my air conditioner breaks, God darn it, we had a trip planned. I might have to give up the trip (laughs) because that's something I want to do, but I need to have my refrigerator, and I'm going to have to pinch pennies. Our state's going to... So is that the DFL gets in, they're going to just want to take our money from our pocket. Uh, taxes will increase. I think we can recover by, uh, um, by making it easier for businesses to get back, uh, you know, back to work, sure. yep. to be able to have more businesses come in, make it more friendly, be able to prioritize and, and maybe do without some of the programs and to be able to hold our taxes steady. And eventually as we recover, even lower our taxes, small government.
3: Absolutely. Uh, Bill, we need to take a quick break. Are uh, you able to hold for one final segment with us? Yes, sir. All right. Bill Marish, he is running for Minnesota State House in uh, House District 36A, which, again, covers Champlin and a part of Coon Rapids. Uh, we'll come back, uh, promote uh, Bill's website and uh, how you can help this campaign, because, again, the as many Republicans as we can get flipping DFL seats, uh, the better it'll be, especially when we have to redraw redistricting lines. I can't emphasize that enough. Folks, back with one final segment on the broadcast. And here to take your phone calls if you'd uh, care to weigh in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Again, that uh, is hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. One final segment coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. AM
2: 1280, The Patriot. Where do you go for the latest news and insight into what's happening in Minnesota policy and politics? Americans for Prosperity Radio. Join host Jason Flores for conversation about the issues that matter most and to get the knowledge you need to make a difference. From City Hall to the State Capitol to the halls of Congress, we're pulling back the curtain and giving you an inside perspective on the economy, health care, education, and more. Americans for Prosperity, Saturdays at 4 p.m. on AM 1280. The Patriot. You'd think the debates to help pick the most powerful person in the world would be a ratings bonanza, but it's just not always true. In 2000, some networks aired baseball games instead of the Bush-Gore debates, but they're usually a big deal. For the 1960 Kennedy-Nixon debate, 60 million Americans tuned in. That was about a third of the entire population, which was 180 million in 1960. About 80 million tuned in for the final and actually only debate between Reagan and Carter in 1980, which was actually a little over a third of the population, 230 million. But about 40% fewer Americans had television sets in 1960, so the Kennedy-Nixon debates had higher ratings. It's all in the math. By the way, as long as we're talking numbers, the 2008 vice presidential debate between Sarah Palin and Joe Biden trounced the numbers for the O'Biden-McCain debates. I'm Mitch Berg. AM 1280, the Patriots' debate coverage is presented by Alpha News. Stream live coverage and commentary with our free app. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Recently, someone asked if my brother Eric was still around. Eric, are you still around? I am still around, and a lot of things have changed over the years at Kingdom Builders, but one thing that hasn't changed is that we're not salesmen, we're just great roofers. He's the guy that takes care of our gutter side of the business. If you need gutters or a roof, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.com.
1: Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. With the severe weather we've had recently, you may have had some strangers knocking on your door saying you need to sign something to get weather-related
2: damage on your home covered. We love coming to people's homes for no pressure, no obligation
1: consultations. We don't want you to feel pressure to sign anything. If you'd like an expert from the Kingdom Builders to come take a look at your home or just to talk to you about how the insurance process works, we'd be happy to do that. Look us up online at thekingdombuilders.com.
2: Take your favorite Patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. Just search for AM1280, the Patriot, in the App Store.
3: Uh ah, wrapping up our tribute to Eddie Van Halen today. It's been all Van Halen bumper tunes in honor of the late, great guitarist. Passed away this past week at age 65. Hey, welcome back. I am to the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. One final segment. Again, joined in studio by Bill Marish. He running for state representative, specifically House District 36A, which covers Champlin and a part of Coon Rapids. Oh, by the way, our station general manager lives in Champlin. I don't know if you, uh, Nick Anderson, I don't know if you had a chance oh, I, to meet him yet, but uh, uh, I'm sure he'll vote for you, though. In fact, I'm confident in saying he Thanks will for vote for Thanks for the support, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Nick, if I'm talking on a turn, let me know. But I feel confident in speaking on your behalf, this particular one. Uh, Bill, obviously, uh, this particular uh, race, it uh, you know, it takes uh, resources, all hands on deck, especially with about three weeks to go. Uh, where can people find out where to maybe donate, find out what events to what extent we can gather uh, can come up and uh, we'll go from there. So where can well, people find your website? Uh, if you wanted to write a check,
9: you could write a check to Marish for House and send it to P.O. Box 487, Champlin, Minnesota, 55316. But I do have a website and it's Marish for House. And that's F-O-R, Marish for House dot com. And there's a donate on there, too. Fantastic. So thank you for that to be, be able to offer because, you know, resources, uh, y- you know, it costs money.
3: Yeah, no question about it. Again, it's not the most important thing, but it definitely is important. Uh, so, by the way, it's uh, M-A-R-E-S-H, marish dot com, And I've also linked to it at my blog, org, So you Thank can you. just uh, go there as well. For both of our guests today, find both their websites. Uh, you know, because as we were talking about the last segment, and we talked a little bit off air right now, is you're going to have uh, redistricting, you know, congressional lines being redrawn in early 2022. So the legislature that's elected this November is going to have a hand in that. And again, if it's, you know, it's going to be at the very minimum divided because you're still going to have a DFL or in the governor's office. Uh, but it's more desirous to at least have some Republican input if they have one, if not both of the chambers, than neither, because then the lines are going to be with, uh, redrawn where uh, it's going to be very difficult for Republicans to have a majority in either chamber in either near future. So, folks, like I said, Uh, looking to flip nine DFL seats to Republican, and that's what we've been featuring the past month and a half is the prospects for that. Uh, Bill, we've got about, uh, I guess, uh, five minutes to go. So um, three weeks to go till Election Day. Um, Are you getting a sense of how many people – uh, if, you know, I'm su- sure it's a decent number, but are you getting a sense of how many people have, have already voted? I'm sure you're still knocking doors. If people said, hey, thanks, Bill, we've already voted. Uh, how's that going?
9: You know, I, I get that. You know, sometimes it's against you. But, oh, I already voted for you. I don't need your lit and everything. Perfect. Yeah. But I, have, I just want to go back what you were talking about, redistricting and the representation, because when you say representation, that is what we're lacking right now because we have a governor that is not utilizing the co-equal branches of government. I just mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't, it doesn't come up at the door a lot. You get it through the emails and some of the social media thing, but it, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I the history of the peacetime emergency is, is I think late forties, isn't it? And it was nuclear war. You know, is what it was about was all the fallouts, and and it was so that you can make quick decisions. Oh, sure, yeah. And it was there, and there is a purpose for it. But even then, you would want to have some bipartisan input or or somebody there to represent and make sure there's transparency. This is this is a governor that has just went, and why should I even run if I if the if I should if we're not going to listen to the representatives, the legislators, and then it just seems odd. So. People should be concerned about the redistricting. People should be concerned about utilizing the government the way it should be, and we need to stop Governor Walz from doing what he's doing.
3: Well, and, and in a large part, and we talked about this again uh, the, one of the last, uh, when the previous segments is you know you've got the DFL-controlled Minnesota House who are voting to allow him to continue this, and it has to be both legislator legis- simple majority in both chambers of the legislature voting to overturn these. Well. In a sense, the House, which is again DFL control, is abdicating the responsibility for that, and that's another big motivation to if we can just flip nine DFL, a net gain of nine seats from DFL to Republican, that go a long way in, in, in helping along with that. And then the governor would be forced to address the fact there are co-equal branches of government right. and, and listen to uh, uh, the legislators, because I imagine Bill, you know, I I drive through Champion a lot, have been have been through there, and there are some. Small businesses, no doubt, that have been adversely impacted by this pandemic. And they have.
9: And we see the posts that come out that say, you know, call your representative and let them know that this should stop. Well, I'll tell you what, don't worry about calling. We have a vote coming up Mm -hmm. in three weeks. And let's flip the seats and get it so that we understand. We believe in, I believe in individual responsibility. All right. And and the government, we want small. We don't want him in my back pocket. And right now we've got a guy that doesn't even utilize the 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 co-equal checks and balances part of it. So it, it's even worse. You put a crown on his head, you know, call him a dictator. I don't I know that sounds, but I'm just saying that it, it's it's wrong what's happening. Um, and I would I would like to see the, the branches used. And then and hopefully as a conservative, I want people to understand the most important thing we could do is recognize That people have to be responsible for themselves. I would never go to one of my wrestlers or one of my students and say, "Hey, when the going gets tough, quit, Mm. give up." Oh, you're a victim. Oh, you're. Oh, no, it's not your fault. I I would tell them to get their bacon up off the mat, (laughs) get to work, and work harder. Yeah. And and you know what? When you work hard and you dedicate yourself, opportunity is out there for you to succeed. Don't look to the government for a handout or a program. Or I just it just doesn't make sense. I wouldn't teach my my young people that in class. I'd say work hard. It works for everybody.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and and, and that's all a great point because you know you you, you we saw that we went from a, a surplus you know almost a year ago to a deficit. And I mean it was I think it was a, a net decrease you know from two billion dollar surplus to about three four billion dollar deficit. And there never seems to be any appetite. For cutting spending, we know it's tough. We know there's programs that are going to suffer, and and it's awful, and you don't like to see it. But as you alluded to so brilliantly, Bill, the very simple analogy: Hey, we're fam- as families, we got to tighten the belt a little bit, and that's what it is, you know. And we, and that's where I I I
9: can relate when I put things out there. When I get the biggest response is when I tell them, hey. As a teacher, with I'm not a I'm not a, a I don't have this salary that's giant. Mm-hmm. You know, we budget. Mm-hmm. That's where I get I can connect with you there, Bill. That's I'm I like you because we budget. You know, and and uh, I have personally. I mean, I own my car, I own my motorcycle. I don't own my home. I don't have any credit card debt. This is something that I pride myself. And I think if I bring those philosophies and feelings to the government, I think people will be happy with what I can do for our area, Champlin and Northwest Coon Rapids. And when it comes to the state decisions, that that's, that's where I'm at. So hopefully I'll get their
3: votes and we'll flip that seat. Once again, Bill Marish, uh, he running for House District 36A, Champlin and a part of Coon Rapids. M-A-R-E-S-H, Marish4House.com is the website. Bill, thanks for the time today with show. We appreciate it. And best of luck these hey, next thank fine you few weeks. Me. Thanks. And, folks, thank you. As always, am of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network.
6: Skull Vikings, have a blessed week. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at
1: coronavirus.gov.
5: Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense.
1: Hi, this is David Barton of Wall Builders. Our God-given rights of religious freedom are under attack in America today as never before. But Christians can do something about this. We have a right to vote, and in fact, we have a duty to vote. And we must vote, and we must vote for candidates who will support our basic Christian values. Since 1787, it's been our responsibility to select those who will govern us. Yet today, nearly 50% of Christians do not vote. Are you registered to vote in Minnesota? If not, you can register online at www.mnvotes.org. That's www org, Or you can register in person at your county board of elections. Registration deadline is October 13th. So please be sure to register and then vote. And please join me in praying for our country. Paid for by One Nation Under God Foundation A tax-exempt 501c3 committee.
7: And cyberspace. And
3: I'm proud to be a
2: member. And, of and I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I'm proud to protect our country.
1: Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve.
2: AFReserve.com. AM 12 A.